Hi, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo again with program number 540. If you'd like to have a copy of this program, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. We'll be happy to send it to you free of charge, including the postage and handling. This uh, evening we have for you, actually we're recording this in the morning time. I guess it's around 4 or 4.30 in the morning. And uh, while you sleep, we bring messages over here. All right, and uh, so I've got music for you. I've got letters. Uh, we've got a very strong message from the Lord. And some nuggets from the Lord, too. Gold nuggets. And uh, so right now, let's uh, before we go... Uh, any further, let's uh, ask the Lord to anoint this program. Father, uh, anoint me. Anoint everyone that hears and everyone on the program that's helping out here with this message to get it to the world. Uh, Lord, I ask that you send a lot of finances in. Uh, Satan is fighting our, sign, uh, our finances, and we. I ask, Lord, I pray to you, sincerely to loose the finances so that we can get the message out. Uh, we don't like the sound of the wolf howling at the door. Lord, this is your work. Keep it going. Uh, that souls can be saved and the church strengthen, which is the body of Christ. Lord, and anoint everything on this program in Jesus' name. Let it be your voice that's coming through loud and clear. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone says amen. Amen. Okay, now, Gold City is a, a fantastic Christian group, and also the King's Men. Uh, J.D. Sumner was with the King's Men, and uh, all the greats were in Gold City and the King's Men. And here they are to sing for you, Jesus is coming soon, and he really is.
praise the Lord. That is Gold City and the King's Man. Jesus is coming soon. Now, I have a word to all the false prophets in the world today who say that God's love is unconditional. But in reality, everything with God is conditional. He said, uh, the Lord said, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So it's conditional. It says, He that saith, I know him, and but, but conditional, and keepeth not my, uh, the, his, the commandments of the Lord is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And the Lord also says, that's in First John chapter 2, verse 4. And John fifteen fourteen says, Jesus talking here, Ye are my friends, and then here's the condition. If you do whatsoever I command you, and also, I challenge anyone in the world to find the word in the Bible, the word, get, a con, get concordance, and see if you can find the word unconditional in the Bible. I'll give you, uh, I'll turn over $5,000 to you if you can find the word unconditional in the King James Version of the Bible, that God loves you unconditionally. That should... Uh, make you stop your ears to false prophets, prophet, people that are prophesying that kind of uh, horrible fallacy to you. When everything with God, all of God's ways are judgment. Everything that God uh, tells us is conditional. You can only the, you can go to heaven, but it's conditional. And you're not sealed into some uh, plastic baggie or something or uh, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that if you sin, he'll blot your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. And you won't. And also he tells you in another place that there's no more forgiveness. This is the Lord speaking through the mouth of the Apostle Paul. Amen. And also the Apostle Peter. And the Apostle John, he talks about, and people that have fallen away. And he'll block your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. And the Lord says that if you're saved, you know, and people can come in and they hear Bible truths, like a, a true preacher will go into the congregation and they'll tell nuggets that have never really been preached before because the Lord has given us more to expound upon in these last days. And they won't even praise and thank the Lord. And these are the people that the Lord is going to spew out of his mouth because he said, if you don't have any zeal to praise and thank the Lord, he said, I'm going to spew you out of my body. I'm spew you out of my mouth. And actually, if I see people like that in the church that are not zealous, uh, if God's going to spit you out of his mouth, he gives me the same judgment in the book of Revelation, chapter 11. He states that we're to put those kind of people outside the church, outside with the Gentiles. And so why should I not spoo you out of the church if the Lord himself is going to spoo you out of his mouth? It infuriates the Lord 
for people to not have zeal. Amen? Amen. Now go ahead, you false prophets. You show me in the Bible where it says the word unconditional and that God loves you unconditionally. Do you think that he loves you if you're sinning? There's uh, many false prophets that say that God has forgiven you of your sins, past, present, and future. And that isn't true. That means that you could never be blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. Uh, if that's what this man is saying is true. And it's for sure that God says that he will blot you out of the Lamb's book of life. And it's just too sad, you know, that people are believing these kind of false prophets. They're all over the place. Ed, what's his, that man's name? Warnick? What's his first name? Andrew Warmack is one of these false prophets. Anybody that would listen to that man and believe him, read your Bible and see if the Lord says that he loves you unconditionally. But read also from uh, uh, the book of John, chapter 15, verse 4, where he says, Ye are my friend only if you do whatsoever I command you. Now I command you not to sin. He said, go and sin no more. Amen? Amen. Okay. Well, now your version of sin, it might not be the same as the Lord's. But if you have lust in you and you lust after other men, if you're a, a, some man's wife, or if you lust after women that are married to some other man, well, then you're sinning. And you're going to go to the Lord and say, it was all right. The Lord says, if you look at a woman in adultery with adultery in your heart, you've already committed adultery. Within the same thing goes for men. This is for all mankind. All mankind. All right. And uh, so yeah, the Bible states that everyone is going to bear their burden, their own burden. When you go before the Lord, you're not going to be carrying somebody else's burden up there with you. Will you? No. I know that you won't because the Bible says that you won't. So I'm just going to continue a little bit here from the last chapter of the book of Galatians. Uh, verse 16, and as a man, um, as, and as many as walk according uh, to this rule, the, the, that's the rule of the Lord, the judgment of God, not your own filthy, um, concupiscent rule. But as many as walk according to the Lord's rule, peace be on them. And mercy be unto a person like that. And upon the Israel of God. Now the Israel of God are those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that have accepted the Messiah, the uh, Savior of the world. And verse 17, From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. In other words, I too bear the marks of the Lord Jesus. I've been... Um, had people throw huge rocks on my head. I've had people fire guns at me. <clears throat> I've had, I've been put in jail a hundred times. 
I've been put in prison for the gospel. I've been um, falsely accused by thousands of people, uh, primarily the international government, which is run by the Vatican. And, um, you know, what they, they do, the international government, the Vatican does, is they are looking in the future to prosecute you. So what they do is they make up all kinds of stories, and they know that they that there's a lot of people in the world that are they don't have much up in their heads that have brains, and they know that they can easily uh, get them to actually rise up to kill you. And actually, people like former President Clinton has hired John Peeler to assassinate me because they don't like the word of God. And those especially that preach it well and teach it the way it really is. So as Paul said, the marks of the Lord Jesus are in his body. Verse 18, brethren, the power of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your uh, spirit. Amen. And so I wanted to finish up the um, book of Galatians. And that was out of Galatians, the chapter 6. Okay, so that finishes that book. I didn't read the first chapter because I've read it so many times before, and I'm liable to read it again. All right, now, we have some letters today. And Sharon, where's the first one from? Or Michelle, either one. Nashville, Tennessee. All right, what do they have to say? The manager at a Cracker Barrel restaurant near Nashville, Tennessee, was very happy when we handed her the newsletter entitled Brace Yourselves. Her name is Emily Van Winkle, and she and her family have known about the Tony Lamo Christian Ministries for years. Emily's parents are born-again, Holy Spirit-filled evangelists and only read the authorized King James Version of the Bible. Yeah, not the new one. The new one is filled with false prophecy. There's, they always make it look genuine because they just like a person that makes counterfeit money uh, everything looks real about it even fools banks and experts because it looks so real but it's actually a counterfeit and there are bibles that look real i mean because there's a lot of the real scriptures in them but then all of a sudden they say that the lord loves you unconditionally and there's not one word in the Bible that is called unconditional. There's not, the word unconditional doesn't appear in the Bible. And the, nowhere in the Bible does it say is that the, love Lord, uh, the Lord loves you unconditionally. It's just not there. But it just says that we must keep the Lord's commandments or he uh, is, uh, and if you don't, that you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. That's First John uh, chapter 2, verse 4. He that says that uh, they know the Lord. You know the Lord? Oh, yes, everybody today says they know the Lord. The president says he knows the Lord. The Pope. Anti, oh, both of them are like Antichrist. Say that they love the uh, Lord, that they know him. 
He that says, I know him. When you know the Lord, you know the word of God. That you know the Lord and you keep not his commandments. If you say you know the Lord and you don't keep his commandments, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. And Jesus is the truth, so the Lord is not in you. And if you see all these people, when you see them, they're left and right saying God loves you unconditionally. They're liars. And the truth is not in them because they're teaching people to sin. And the Lord came into this world to abolish sin, to save souls, to purify people, uh, to where they keep the commandments of the Lord. Okay, now continue. She and her family love your literature because you tell the truth according to the word of God. Yes, I don't make up some new word of God like these ponies do. The word unconditional, that the Lord loves you unconditional, is not even, I don't think there's, it's even in these phony Bibles. That's so far off base that it just doesn't make any sense or change. It doesn't make any chance or sense. Okay? I give it to you both ways there. Okay, then what? She and her family love your literature because you tell the truth according to the word of God, nothing watered down or changed at all. No. They have all been strengthened in faith and encouraged by the messages. Emily said she was glad to meet people from the Alamo Ministries and to come back and see her when in the Nashville area. Everyone from your church is welcomed. It's from Tom okay. and Marianne. Praise the Lord. Now go to the Pope and tell him that. Mm-hmm. Or to uh, Mr. Clinton. All right. Now do you have something else? Yes, from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Okay. This is from a group that went to the River Valley Nursing Home. It says, when we first went two weeks ago, when we walked in, one could feel the doubt and depression that lay thick in there amongst the residents. By the time we got partway through the service singing old-fashioned gospel songs, the 20 residents that gathered to take part in the service were coming alive. At the end of the service, every one of them said the sinner's prayer. The response was great. After the service, there were smiles on just about every face. Many of the residents asked us to come again. The activities director and several members of the staff that were dealing with some of the patients became totally occupied in the service and said the prayer, asking the Lord to come into their hearts. As we were leaving, the director said she really enjoyed the services and did not want us to leave without setting up another appointment. We came back two weeks later, being today, and it was fabulous. There were 10 additional patients today that came for the services, and the patients were clapping their hands. They were raising their hands, singing along. From what I could tell, nine of the ten newcomers said the prayer of repentance at the end of the service. After we distributed your literature and candy amongst the residents and visited them, the activities director asked all of us to come into her office and shut the door. She said, I have heard a lot of bad stuff about Tony Alamo and his church. That's me. <laughs> and then what? But I want you all to know that you all have handled yourself like real Christians and have proved yourselves. There is no ministry that has gotten the response from these folks as you have. And she said, I told the administrator, this is the best group we have. And the administrator said, have them keep coming. She said, I could feel the spirit of God come through those doors when you all walked in. 
She said, the Lord has put me in this position to where I can say who comes and who goes. And when you called me up and said you were with the Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, the Lord told me to let you in. She said, I don't care what anyone says. I know you are a tool that the Lord has given me the chance to use to reach the people in this home. She said she called around looking for churches to come and hold services, and she couldn't find any churches that would. She said, the Lord sent you all to us. Every June, we hold a luncheon for our volunteers, and I would be honored if a group from Tony Lamo Ministries would come. She was in tears and just kept thanking us for coming and encouraged the young girls to keep it up. She said people can say what they want to say, but she knows this is a true church. Many of the residents, when we came back, said they have been praying for our church and said, please keep coming. We assured them we would be back. One man said, I used to help give out this literature, and I helped at the mechanic shop. Then I lost my leg to diabetes, and I was put in, put in here, and I can't even believe the Tony Alamo Christian Ministries is here visiting me. We were all filled with excitement when we walked out of this nursing home. It was supernatural seeing the Lord work in the lives of these people. Praise the Lord. If that person that uh, his leg is missing because of diabetes, uh, you should have told him that he's welcome here. He could live here, and we'll take care of him. And so, yes, they realize um, uh, these churches, uh, they don't do anything for the Lord because they think that the Lord loves them unconditionally. The Lord tells you to go out into the highways, to hedges, to all the people, the nations of the world, to preach the gospel, and not just to preach it, but to live it. And uh, he said, that's conditional. He says, if you believe to do that, then you'll be saved but if you don't, you will be damned. So you can see right there that God is not, does not love you unconditionally. He said he'll spit you out of his mouth, okay, even if you're not zealous to do it. All right? So um, the Lord says, my God, I mean, it's just unbelievable people that uh, don't pay any attention to what the Lord says. There's people uh, that are, and even our own church, I want the people in the church to go down to Skid Row or to wherever there are homeless people because the Lord came into this world to preach the gospel to the homeless and to those that are naked and hungry. Little children out on the street uh, with no blankets, no clothing, nothing. And uh, we are to uh, offer an open hand to them. A lot of people, that even in my own church, like to go through good neighborhoods uh, where they uh, actually stick their tongue out at the, uh, the uh, Word of God because they believe that they're saved unconditionally. They don't have to serve the Lord anymore. And in the meantime, our streets are filled with the homeless. They're filled with the hungry. And I don't know if you ever knew what it, know what it's like to be hungry and on the streets and in the cold. And our doors are wide open to people that want to serve the, that want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And we give them warm beds to sleep in, not just a blanket or a tarp. But we have uh, buildings and we will buy more buildings to put people in that uh, are really want to serve the Lord. If you want to do that, you can come here and we'll take care of you. And just because your leg is cut off, 
because of diabetes, we have uh, diets here for people that are diabetic. We don't, we don't claim to be doctors, uh, or, uh, but I have been in the nutritional field for over 50 years myself, and I was actually in good enough shape uh, in my 30s, 20s, and uh, late 20s and 30s to win Mr. America or Mr. Universe. That is neither, neither here nor there, but I know about health foods, and I myself have diabetes, and I have it under control because of the way that I eat, and I use uh, weights. Uh, I work out a little bit, uh, walk the treadmill, and if you have uh, only one leg, there's all kinds of things that you can do to get your body back in shape. And so, uh, you know, you people that think that you can just uh, not pay tithes unto the Lord, you can't, you don't give tithes or offerings unto him because you believe that uh, that's not necessary also because you think you're, uh, loved by God unconditionally, but God doesn't like robbers, and he says that you're robbing him if you don't give tithes and offerings. Uh, people come and say, well, I'd tell you, I uh, used to tithe to your church and give 10%, and then the Lord uh, got me to where I'm making a million dollars, and sometimes millions of dollars per year, and what do I do, just give the same amount uh, as I did before? Until, well, uh, maybe you ought to, um, if you think that's the truth, well, then go ahead and get the same job that you had before, before you made the millions. And then you can give the same amount, okay? Is that fair? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, good. Because uh, you're supposed to, you must, like in other words, if you lay uh, 10 $100 bills on the table, you don't pay your bills and pay your bills, and then whatever you got left, give it to the Lord. The first $100 bill goes to the Lord, or the first $1,000 bill, or the first $5 bill, or whatever it is. Then the Lord will bless you. But if you don't want a blessing, then don't give anything to him. <clears throat> and it's for sure these people that say that God loves you unconditional, that sounds good to your ears. But you're not going to like it when the Lord says, why did you believe Satan rather than my word? He says, I, you are my friend. If, big if, conditional, big time conditional, if you do whatsoever I command you, and I command you to give 10% of everything that you make to the ministry so that the ministry, so God can bless you, that's for your own good, because he gives you back a hundredfold as to whatever you tithe and give offerings unto the Lord, the house of God. Okay, if you don't give to the house of God, then you're not going to make anything. We're out uh, going to the people out on the streets. Ours is about the only street ministry uh, left in this world that really has the truth. And you're not giving to the house of the Lord, but you're giving to a people that are preaching the wrong gospel. And you say, well, you are really bad for ratting out the devil. No, uh, that shows that I am of the Lord. Okay, so if you want to go to heaven, that's one of the least things and the most profitable things that you could do is to give tithes and offerings unto the Lord. Okay. All right, praise the Lord. So that's it for testimonials, right? Okay, now, 
I've been talking a lot about singing and giving praises unto the Lord, and there's a reason for it, because what it does is it helps out in uh, religious services. We're not a religion, but we are salvationists, but we do have services religiously every uh, night at 8 o'clock in the evening and also in the afternoon on Sundays, 3 and 8. So in Psalms 33, 3, uh, you can read, quote, It's important to sing unto the Lord. Sing unto him, the Lord, a new song. Play skillfully with a loud voice, a loud noise, a loud voice, a loud instrument. David, unquote, David, that's Psalm 33, verse 3. David was a, an accomplished musician. He also was anointed by the Lord. So it doesn't make any difference if you're a, uh, uh, accomplished musician. If you don't have the anointing of the Lord, it doesn't mean anything. All right. It's just like reading the Bible uh, by the letter. It's, uh, unless the spirit is mingled with it, unless you're a person that has the spirit of God, it won't mean at all anything to people. David also was anointed by the Lord. Um, even on top of being an accomplished musician. So if you're an accomplished musician and only if you're anointed by the Lord, does it mean anything? Not just a skillful musician, but one that was anointed by the Spirit of God Almighty, which makes him more skillful than any other accomplished musician. He demanded that all musicians must play skillfully to not rock and roll or rap, but to the glory of God. When you read the Bible, you'll see that there's the school of the prophets. The school of the prophets was not only a place of uh, training for people or uh, giving the prophetic word of the, in the form of uh, preaching and teaching, but it was also a place where the prophets were trained in anointed music. Now, Enoch was very much anointed by the Lord, and Enoch is mentioned in the Bible. And uh, um, there are many phrases that Enoch said in the book of Enoch, the first, the second, and third book of Enoch, that are used throughout the entire Bible. In fact, it was a very important branch of the instruction of the prophets uh, about music, being anointed uh, in music and in voice. They were also trained and anointed to prophesy while playing musical instruments. I'm going to give you some for instances a little bit later on in this message. This is no wonder when one realizes that music 
can be anointed by the Holy Spirit, and music can be not anointed by the Holy Spirit also, like most of it is today. But when one realizes that music can be anointed by the Holy Spirit, therefore, if music is anointed by the Holy Spirit, it will also bring inspiration to prophecy. In other words, the word of God will become more implanted into a person's spirit if it is also uh, anointed in music along with the preaching of the word. To this uh, very day, in some churches, some preachers and evangelists think they can preach better with a little bit of background music while they're preaching. But I'm not really crazy about that when I'm speaking myself. Uh, and, you know, unless, that's um, just I really am not crazy about uh, the music behind me. I like the music before, but if the Lord is pouring out the Holy Spirit on me, uh, for some reason, uh, I really uh, am not crazy about somebody playing music behind me because maybe they're not as anointed in the musical instruments as I am with the message that I'm getting from the Lord. And if they're not, it breaks the spirit. Okay, now Susie used to like uh, when uh, my late wife Susie used to love it when Everybody would sing hallelujah, hallelujah, and all that while she's talking. And, uh, but not me. It's uh, because uh, for some reason or another, unless they're on the same wavelength with me in the spirit, I just don't like the music behind me when I'm preaching and teaching. I, I don't like it myself. Sometimes... I find that they find out that music softly played in the church during the time that they are bringing the message. I don't mind it so much when there's an altar call, but if it's just very soft and in the Holy Spirit. But like when they're bringing the message, like background music is uh, very effective in bringing souls to the altar uh, some people believe that way and I, i've seen it all the time and I, it sounds good if you've got very anointed musicians they really have to be uh, tremendously anointed in the spirit otherwise it breaks the spirit that uh, I, that the lord is giving me again i don't like that for myself they are under the double impact of the voice and the singing, the music, so the song, both of which uh, are anointed. I would say it's up to the preacher whether they want background music or not. Some people it sounds great with. If it's uh, anointed, sometimes I might call for it, but uh, not most of the time for myself. Just like right now, I would hate it if there, when I'm teaching and somebody starts playing and I don't really feel that they're, uh, they are th that anointed. It's, so I go to some churches, they start doing that and I turn around and I tell them, no, don't play. And sometimes they keep doing it 
And then, you know, I try to get a mean look on my face, <laughs> okay, short of uh, sticking my tongue out at him. There are a lot of people that never remember the exact sermon that was preached on the day or the night or the morning that they were born again of the Spirit. But most of them will remember the song that was sung during the altar call. For a lot of people, the songs like Almost Persuaded or Jesus is coming, is calling, uh, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, O sinner, come home. Well, yeah, that's the altar call. I can uh, do that. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And the one I always used to sing, that's one of the uh, ones I used to sing at the end of our television program. There's room at the cross for you. Amen? Amen. You listen to any of our TV, former TV programs, and you'll hear me singing that right at the end of the program. Most people remember the exact moment that they stood up to go down to the altar to give their heart and their lives to the Lord. Whenever I, their lives to the Lord. Whenever I hear music like that, and may, many people remember the music that brought them to the Lord, they still are able to sense the angels uh, they sense the angels lingering near them. That is the moment that they stood up and went down to the altar to accept the Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and to give him their entire life. That's what the Bible says for us to do, and if we don't do it, then you're no friend to Jesus. There's no friend to me like Jesus is another good song. But he said, uh, you that say you know him, and uh, he, uh, he, uh, he says, ye are my friends, if, the big if, you do whatsoever I command you. And then you say, there's no friend to me like Jesus. And you don't do what he says. He's no friend to you. He says he's not. Ye are my friends only if you do whatsoever I command you to do. And that means for you to be zealous and to sing and praise the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to serve him with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I believe that every since that day that the angels have been lingering near. There are some instances of anointed prophecy with instruments. So uh, here's some of the instances. Saul's anointing. When Samuel anointed Saul to be king over Israel and prophesied to him, that he would meet the man going up to God at Bethel. Okay, so he would meet 
the man going up to God at Bethel. He said that he would meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery. That's a musical instrument. And a tabret that's like a tambourine and a pipe. It's a pipe with perforations in it to where you can put your fingers over the different holes and it makes different sounds. And also added to that is, and a harp. So here comes these prophets down playing music. Amen. Amen. So they also took up musical instruments in the house, uh, the school of the prophets, and they would prophesy while they're playing the music. Isn't that something? Amen. Okay. It was when Saul met the anointed musician prophets that something wonderful happened. The Holy Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he also began to prophesy with them, and he was turned into another man, the Bible says. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 26. Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 3, we read how God sent Elisha down to the battlefield to prophesy to King Jehoshaphat and to give to him a warning from the Lord. When King Jehoshaphat asked him for a word from the Lord, Elisha was so distressed at the backsliding of this man because of his relationship with King Jehoram of Samaria that it was impossible for him to prophesy. He needed uh, some special effects, some spiritual special effects. He needed special inspiration from the Lord. He said to the king, quote, but now bring me a minstrel, somebody that plays musica, music. Amen? Amen. Man, I, I can't prophesy unless I have some music here. All right? And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him and said, Thus saith the Lord. Quote, yeah, unquote, Second Kings 3, 15 and 16. It was only at the hand uh, of the music playing that he was able to break through and give the mighty word of God, which he gave and which was fulfilled within the next 24 hours in the temple. In 1 Corinthians chapter 25, verse 1, we read about the musicians who prophesied with musical instruments. Moreover, David and the captains of the host separated themselves to the service of the sons of Asaph and of Herm, uh, Heman and of Jedathan, J E D. U-T-H-U-M, and rather, 
who should prophesy with harps, with psalteries, and with cymbals. In verse 3 it says, quote, They prophesied with a harp to give thanks and to praise the Lord. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had more of this prophetic ministry in our churches today? Why is it that we have less of this kind of demonstration of the working of the gifts of the Lord, the Holy Spirit? And uh, after Pentecost, then what they had um, had back in those days in the uh, in the temple wouldn't that be wonderful huh wouldn't that be good oh yes it would be so good could it be that god needs to raise up a david in our midst who will lead the people and anoint them into this ministry training them to prophesy and play skillfully upon musical instruments Demon spirits are driven out when anointed playing on musical instruments are played. It drives uh, out demon spirits. It also drives them out of their minds. When King Saul disobeyed the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit of the Lord lifted from him, an evil spirit came and was permitted to come and trouble him. That's 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. At those times, to, um, he became so violent that he was dangerous. His advisors told him to seek out a man who was a skillful player on the harp. It's good that he had advisors like that. Quote, and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God, this evil spirit was right from God because God is the God of all flesh and spirits and he can send an evil spirit to you if you're bad. You don't want to serve him. You think that you're not supernatural, that you're just natural. So when this uh, the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well, the advisers told him. First Samuel 16, verse 16. Saul thought that this was a good idea, so they began to search for uh, such a person, somebody that really knew how to play that musical instrument. Someone suggested a son of Jesse, the Bethlehem- Bethlehemite, uh, saying that he was a skillful player and also a very courageous young man and a good soldier. David was sent for, and he came from his shepherd's field, bringing a uh, donkey hidden, uh, uh, or uh, he was uh, uh, laden with bread. He was hidden from the eyes of unspiritual people, but uh, this... Here came David with this uh, donkey, and he had a lot of bread with him and a bottle of wine, and a kid, a goat from his father, to give to King Saul. The word of God says, it came to pass when the evil spirit from God, now remember, this evil spirit was from God, 
God commanded this evil spirit to come down upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Second Samuel chapter 16, verse 32. How wonderful that the musical instrument being played in the ears of Saul penetrated his spirit and began to drive out the demon that was tormenting him and gloriously restored peace and tranquility to his soul. I know different people who have for uh, found that anointed music helps to keep peace in their house, in their home. Some women have uh, very difficult husbands and children as well to live with. And they have been guided by the Holy Spirit to constantly play anointed music on their tape recorders or CDs or record players. The testimonies of many victories over demon spirits are too numerous to ignore. I believe that God wants his children to become anointed and skillful in playing musical instruments. This uh, generation is not as talented as the one before. It is because our children waste so many hours in front of the television sets. In Montana, we never had TV until I was uh, past uh, 20 years old. But I was in the Navy in San Diego at 16, but the TV wasn't even worth watching at all. It still isn't. Not most of it. Parents do not encourage their children to learn to play an instrument. A few year, uh, years ago, many children were given piano lessons. Today, about the only instrument that they play or are interested in playing is the guitar or the drums. I would like to encourage you to seek the Lord about the instrument which he wants to anoint you to play. Everyone should be able to play an instrument just as easily as they could drive a car. It should be the expected thing of children. It is time to rise up against a powerful end-time demonic seducing spirits and do warfare with them as the Bible instructs us to do. I have to take this up again tomorrow because my time is up again. But um, I'd like to hear from you and let me know if you like these messages that are actually very biblical. You hear very few people uh, doing this. And most of these churches today are playing rap music and everything else, which is not anointed by the Lord at all. But this is the time that everyone is given an opportunity to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And, uh, you know, this is to become supernatural because the superpower of God enters into you. You're still in your natural flesh, but you become supernatural now. And so this is the way you do it. We do this as we just pray to the Lord with this prayer, and he will enter you 
in a very super way with his superpower. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God and that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former sins. And I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul because you never go against your word. What you say is truth is truth. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me and I know that you have answered me and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my eternal soul. Now, just praise and thank the Lord and stay in the King James, the real, authentic King James version of the Bible. And Sharon, uh, tell the uh, public how they can receive a copy of program number 540. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505 or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alama saying tune in tomorrow for a continuation of the Holy Spirit from the Word of God to enter your body, your spirit, and to cause the fullness of Christ to grow up in you. Now, the Hinsons, the man, wrote this song. It's one of the very best songs, Christian songs ever written. It's called The Lighthouse, and here they are, the Hinsons, to sing it for you. There's a lighthouse on the hillside that overlooks life's sea when I'm tossed it sends out a light that I might see and the light that shines in darkness now will safely lead us all if it wasn't for the lighthouse, my ship would be no more. Everybody that lives around us says, tear that lighthouse down. The big ships, they don't sail by this way anymore. Ain't no use, it's standing round Then my mind goes back To that stormy night When just in time I seen the light Yes, the light From that old lighthouse That stands up there On the hill 